0: I don't know how many of you caught the cover story in The Globe this past week about First Christian Church and our community Christmas gift, but I just wanted to say that I thought this was pretty cool. There's an online version of the story as well that has a few extra pictures, and I noticed a number of your faces in those pictures looking pretty good. I did want to offer one comment, though, on a sentence that is found in the first paragraph that is something along the lines of, most churches aren't as generous as we are. The article says that, and then they put it right next to my name. I just, for what it's worth, wanted you to know that I didn't say that. That was the opinion of the author. Not really my style to offer commentary on other churches and what they are or are not up to. You probably didn't even notice it, but I just wanted to point that out. It was important to me. That being said, I do want to pause to say thank you once again for your generosity. It allowed us to do some pretty tremendous things over this year's Advent and Christmas season. Did you know that in the last three years we've been doing the community Christmas gift? We have been able to distribute right around $10,000 to four different organizations in the Atchison community who are making a difference. And so I wanted to pause to acknowledge that this morning and say thank you again. god is good all the time before i jump in this morning i want to tell you that i had every intention of finding and wearing the most obnoxious christmas sweater of all time my plan though was to go maybe a day or two after christmas so i could get a good deal and i did i went on friday but by the time i got there all the funny ones were either gone Or they were they were too small for me. Uh some of those they may have fit before Thanksgiving a few weeks ago, but not on December 29th. Uh so I guess we get snowflakes. Some of you though I've noticed have some pretty great ones. Llama Christmas seems to be popular this year, so good job. Keep up the good work. Last week I Came across a story that was shared with me by my good friend Russ Cooper a little over four years ago as we were preparing to celebrate our first Christmas Eve together as co pastors of First Christian Church. It's a story that he got from the famous Paul Harvey. It was originally broadcast over the abc station on christmas eve in 2004 now for anybody who missed our retelling of it in 2016 or maybe you were there and you heard it and you you just forgot after all a lot's happened since then just in case you aren't familiar with the story i want to share it with you this morning cuz i think it's so powerful simply entitled the man and the birds. Now I don't remember the name of the main character in this story, but it's not really important. What I can tell you is that he was a good man. Wasn't really too into the religious thing or the going to church thing, but he was a good man. The thing that really got him, thing that he really couldn't understand about Christians was this whole idea of incarnation, I mean God becoming man in the person of Jesus Christ just, just didn't make any sense to him, which always made things a little bit a little awkward around the Christmas season because his family, they did go to church and they did believe in Jesus. Well, one Christmas Eve, as he was settling in for the night, waiting for his family to return a few hours later from their Christmas Eve service. He made himself comfortable in his favorite chair in the living room right next to the big picture window. And just as he cracked his newspaper open, he heard a, a thud. It sounded like something hit the big glass window in the living room. And he looked up and didn't see anything put his head back down. About 10 seconds later, he hears it again, just a thud, and he looks up, this time just quick enough to see a little bird sliding down the glass. And so he jumped out of his chair, and he rushed over, and he looked outside, and he saw not just two birds out there, but a whole little group of them, just huddled together in the snow, looking very cold and very confused. And so he decided that he could maybe do something about this, and he put on his big coat and his big boots, and and he went out to the barn, which was only about 15, 20 feet on the other side of where the birds were gathered, and he, he opened the doors up wide, and he turned the light on, and it just looked so inviting to him. And he looked at the birds, and he looked at the barn, and he looked at the birds... He looked at the barn, and they just they just sat there. So he thought, maybe I'll go inside to the kitchen, and I'll get a loaf of bread. And so that's exactly what he did, and he made a little trail of of breadcrumbs leading into the barn. But they still they just just sat there. Well, in really kind of a last ditch effort, he decided to grab a broom, and he went out to where the birds were and and ever so gently tried to just you know kind of shoo them in and the looks on the birds' faces if I mean birds can have looks on their faces was one of absolute terror and realized how scary he must look to them with his big coat and his big boots and his his broom and all of a sudden all of a sudden a thought occurred to him. He thought to himself, if just for a moment, if just for a moment I could become one of them, look like them, and talk like them, I'd walk right into the middle of the birds, and I'd say, hey, it's this way. Follow me. Follow me. You'll be safe. You'll be warm. And that is precisely the moment when, like a flash of light, for the first time in in his life, he understood incarnation. He understood the Christmas story. I I just love that story for lots of reasons. One is that, to me, it seems a lot like a modern-day parable. You know, a simple narrative with characters and a situation that we can relate to that sheds light on a deep and profound spiritual truth. It's very effective. Probably one of the reasons that Jesus taught so frequently in parables. We'll come back to that story in just a moment. First, I want to set the stage for our time together this morning. As Pastor Brad mentioned over the past few weeks, we have been walking through a mini message series together entitled, A Star Is Born. And we all know, we all know who the real star of Christmas is, right? But there were, as we have discovered, some other characters who played some pretty significant roles as well. In week one, we talked about Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, and the incredible amount of faith that it must have taken for him to wed a woman who was carrying a child that did not belong to him. I mean, I know that he had that dream and everything, but still required an incredible amount of faith. In week two, we talked about Mary, Jesus' mother, and the courage that it must have taken her to give up. Think about it for just a moment. Mary had hopes, and she had dreams, and she had plans for her life. And in a, in a moment, it all changed. It must have taken incredible courage for Mary to say yes to God. In both of those messages, we also were reminded of the way that this, I mean, this story, this story about God's work in our world, how it's still being written today, and how oftentimes God calls on us. He calls on me. He calls on you to play important roles as well. Well, This morning, as we begin to wrap up this series, we turn our attention to Jesus, who is, again, the real star of the show. Now, most of us here this morning, uh, I would venture a guess, already probably know quite a bit about who Jesus was as a person, right? I mean, we know that he was born in Bethlehem, that he grew up in Nazareth. We know that he learned the craft of carpentry from his father. We know that he spent time in scripture probably as early as he learned how to read. We have that story of the temple in Jerusalem when he is just 12 years old and already astounding and amazing, the priests at the temple with his knowledge of spiritual things. We know that probably around the time when Jesus was 30 years old that he called disciples, and he began a public ministry of teaching and healing. We know that three years later he was crucified on a cross and then three days after that he was raised from the dead. Again, most of us probably already know quite a bit about who Jesus was, who Jesus is as a person. But what do we know I mean, what really do we know about Jesus as God, as the second person of the Trinity? It is surprising to me how rarely we actually talk about that. Remember that Jesus was, Jesus is fully human and fully divine. It's one of those mysteries of our faith. We don't know exactly how it's possible, but I mean, we believe it because scripture tells us it's true again and again. Here's just a few examples of what I'm talking about. Just a few. Colossians 1.15, it says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Listen to this one, Colossians 2, 9. It says, in Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Now, this is deep stuff. What about John 10, 38? Jesus said, believe my works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the father and just one more this morning remember we're just mentioning a few here john chapter one verses one through four and verse fourteen it says in the beginning was the word remember uh, the word in greek logos it's another one of jesus's names. it says in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. In fact, anything and everything that was made was made through Him. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And I love this part. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. I hope that one sounds at least a little familiar. We read it together just a few days ago on Christmas Eve, right before we lit all of those candles. Most of the pictures that we see of Jesus, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, most of the pictures we see of Jesus show him at probably around 30 years old, oftentimes with dark hair, dark eyes, a kind face, probably sandals and uh, a robe. So it's pretty easy, pretty easy for us to think about Jesus only in this way. But the truth is that that's only part of who Jesus is. It's very easy for us to forget that. He was, as we just read together, he was there from the very beginning that he was a part of speaking creation into existence. The stars and the moon, the planets, everything on the earth and below the earth and above the earth. In fact, nothing came into being without Jesus pretty phenomenal to think about. You know, the entire story of Christmas, it is absolutely amazing, isn't it? It becomes even more so when we pause to imagine, and I use that word intentionally because really that's about the best we can do. I mean, it becomes even more powerful when we pause to Imagine just how far Jesus actually came to be one of us. How far he came so that he could show us the way to safety. Look like us. Talk like us. You know, it's something that we can try to contemplate. It's something we can try to... Uh, consider, but really, we can't even begin to understand the sheer distance that actually stood between humanity and divinity, between the infinite and the temporal, between the spiritual and the physical, between the heavens and the earth. And yet that is how far Jesus came, just to be with us. Fortunately, we don't have to understand everything in order to know this, in order to experience this, in order to accept this. Our passage of scripture for this morning comes from Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 and I just want to walk through it quickly together it's such a beautiful beautiful passage. It begins by saying this, when the fullness of time had come. What a powerful phrase in the fullness of time, in other words when When God had everything lined up in the entire universe just precisely right, here's what he did. He he sent forth his son. He sent forth his precious son, the most important thing to him. And he sent him to travel this distance, all the way through the expanse of, of space and time to be born of a woman. That woman, of course, was Mary. Now, the very last part of this passage of Scripture, I want to read through it slowly. And I'll tell you why. We've already talked about who, what, when, where. And how? It's all covered right there. Which leaves us with only one real question, and it's probably the most important. And our passage answers that question. It is the question of why. Why did Jesus do all this? Our passage says Jesus was born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. In order that we might receive adoption as sons. And because we are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So much in that passage, so much. But this morning I really just want to look at two words. Two words that I don't want any of us to miss. The first one found in verse 5 is, is redeem. i simply put, this means that through Christ, God satisfied that he, that he paid a debt that was owed by us. Romans 6:23 and Romans 3:23 tell us that well, they tell us two things. First of all, that the wages of sin is death, and secondly, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, hey, we've all made mistakes that have created distance between us and God. things that we have done that have incurred a cost. And yet, Jesus came, and he paid the price that our sin demands, a price that we could have never paid on our own. He ransomed us. But it doesn't stop there. It gets even better. I love that about God. Always gets better. Amen? He doesn't want to simply redeem us or rescue us. In verse 5, it says that he wants to adopt us. That's the second word this morning we don't want to miss. What does that word mean? It means that he wants us, you and me, to be part of his family, to be sons and daughters who enjoy intimate and eternal relationship with him relationship that's the word we hear a lot in church but what does it mean it means he wants to to be close to us he wants to share life with us the ups and the downs he wants to encourage us and give us strength he wants us to call him father that's pretty profound. Did you know that in Old Testament times, people were not even allowed to say or write the name of God in its entirety because it was considered to be so sacred? It was actually an offense that was punishable by death. And so for us to read in this passage of scripture that God is inviting us to Approach, to draw near, to have relationship with him, and to even call him father. That is radical and revolutionary. It is life and history changing. Relationship with God, that is the answer to the question of why God did all of this. It is the answer to the question of why Jesus did all of this. It is at the very heart of the meaning of Christmas. You know, we've all probably seen movies or read books. There's even that funny song about the guy who will walk 500 miles. We've all seen those movies about the guy who will travel incredible distances and overcome uh, insurmountable oppositions and obstacles just to be with the one that he loves. The Christmas story, as we think about how far Jesus truly traveled just to be with us, it It blows them all out of the water. God loves you. He loves me. He loves every single one of us so very, very much, more than we could even begin to imagine. As we begin to think about wrapping up our Christmas decorations and putting them wherever it is that we keep them for the other ten months of the year we 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 never take ours down until my birthday which is february seven we just like to you know stretch it out as long as we can but as we begin to think about putting our christmas decorations away until advent next year could i encourage us to remember to stay mindful, to not forget that Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with us every month, every week, every moment of the year. He is always with us. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen. In closing this morning, just want to return to our story of the man with the birds for just a moment. Imagine for a second that he got his wish. That he actually turned into a bird right there in the middle of his front yard and he walked into the middle and he said, Hey, come on guys, I know the way to something way better. Imagine it happened. And then imagine that those birds just ignored everything that he was saying. See, the whole transformation The whole story, the whole thing, it only makes a difference if we listen and we follow. Same is true with Jesus. Same is true with Christmas. My prayer for us is that when we we hear his voice, that we might have courage, that we might have faith, just like Mary and Joseph, to follow where he leads. He only desires good things for us. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for this story that is still being written today. Thank you for the people who have gone before us to show us by example what faith and courage look like. Continue to walk with us. And we we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your love for the distance that you traveled just to be with us and show us a better way. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.